Foul Balls podcast for July 11th, 2018, and a lot of baseball games for Tuesday night. There are 11 and some choices to make because there are some good expensive offenses. There are some good expensive pitchers also. So I think it kind of makes sense to have some exposure to both because there's also some cheaper pitchers that I think are viable, some cheaper offenses to kind of mix and match and make different kind of lineup constructions. Uh, for starters, three really good high-priced pitching options. we got Chris Sale at 13000 Jacob deGrom 12000 Lance McCullers at 11000 Of these three guys, McCullers is by far the most difficult matchup against the A's. He's also, as good as he's been this year, not quite as good as deGrom or Sale. So by process of elimination, I'm eliminating McCullers from the options of those two. Sale and deGrom, I think it's a pretty tough choice. The Phillies strike out more against right-handed pitching than any other team in baseball. DeGrom's at home, so you could certainly make the case for him, but Chris Sale has just been so good recently. Uh, He is a little bit more expensive, but I mean, if you look at his game log, he's gone for at least 30 fantasy points now in six consecutive starts, three games in a row over 35 fantasy points. Uh, His velocity has been way up recently, which is ridiculous. He's been hitting 100 in, in some of his last few starts. So Chris Sale in really good form right now. Good matchup against the Rangers. Also, Bartolo Colon on the other side of the mound. So as likely as Sale typically is to pick up the win, even more likely than normal. So I have narrowed it down to Chris Sale as my top choice of the expensive options. And not to say that the other guys aren't good plays. It's just that Chris Sale, I think, is the best play of anybody in that price tier. So moving down, I think the guy that makes the most sense amongst the next options is going to be Kenta Maeda at 9,300. A really strong matchup for him against the Padres, who are currently last in baseball with, uh, oh no, not last in baseball. They are second to last with an 81 WRC plus against right-hand pitching. They also strike out a lot against righties at a 25.9%. Second highest rate behind only the Phillies. Maeda uh, was away from the team, but not injury-related. It was uh, paternity leave, so no real concerns about any kind of pitch restriction. Also, he's been going well recently. Three consecutive starts for at least 25 fantasy points. So I think he makes a lot of sense against the Padres. Uh, Next guy that I think is worth exposure to is Vince Velasquez at 8,100. Not really all that likely to pick up the win bonus against the Mets because of DeGrom on the other side of the hill, but still Velasquez has pitched really well this year. Talked about on previous podcasts, he was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, got injured last year, but has come back this season and kind of back in peak form in terms of velocities, back way up, striking up 10.9 hitters per nine innings, so a lot of strikeout upside. ERA is a little high, 4.69, but Seems to be a little bit of unluckiness because a 3.84 FIP, 3.68 XFIP. Just some bad sequencing, only a 67% strand rate. So a lot of the guys that are reaching base have ended up scoring on Velasquez. But everything else looks really good for him and a lot of strikeout upside. The Mets have just been playing terrible lineups recently also. Uh, They do have some injuries, but I mean, today they had Jose Reyes in there. They started Ty Kelly. So I, I like the spot for Velasquez, a lot of strikeout upside for him. Uh, Luke Weaver at 7,700. 
very risky type of GPP play, but does make some sense. He has gone for 31 and 26 fantasy points in two of his last three starts. The White Sox have been not great overall this year against right-handed pitching, uh, 21st in WRC+, and actually the third highest strikeout rate in baseball against righties. So Weaver, not really a primary pitching option for me, but somebody who I think does make sense to target. And then a couple of cheap guys that I think are just cheap enough they could have some upside to be worth considering, but not particularly strong plays is Carlos Rodon at 6,000. One thing that's interesting about Rodon is also somebody who is formerly a really good prospect and a lot of shoulder injuries have derailed his career. But typically we see him with a lot of strikeout upside, generates a lot of swing and misses. Hasn't been the case this year, except his velocity was way up in the last start. So it's 6,000. It is a tough matchup for him against the Cardinals. But Tommy Pham was supposed to be in the Cardinals lineup today. Got scratched due to ankle soreness, so he could be out. So maybe that helps Rodon out a little bit. Once again, not a safe play, but if you're looking for like a really deep, low-owned GPP option, I think that Rodon makes some sense in that situation. And then same goes for Dan Straley, 5000 Just a really cheap price for a starting pitcher at home, favorable pitcher's park. The one thing I'll say is, This is dependent on the roof being closed in Miami. The roof was open on Tuesday night. When the roof's open, it plays a little bit more as a hitter's park, but pretty strong pitcher's park with the roof closed. So at only 5,000, if the roof is going to be shut, I think that surely makes sense. It's it's just for a pitcher that's that cheap, it's it's pretty hard for them to not hit value unless they just totally shit the bed, which I mean, surely could do, but... I like him for 5000 I think he makes some sense. So I think there's a lot of pitching options that you could go through there that are decent for the slate, and then that also makes it viable to kind of mix around some of the offense I'm going to get in. Because we have a we have a Coors game tomorrow night, and Shelby Miller's pitching at Coors Field. Shelby Miller has only made three starts this year. They haven't gone all that well for him. A 9 ERA, 5.34 FIP. He's giving up a ton of home runs with a 28.6% home run to fly ball rate. Shelby Miller's been hurt a lot recently. Tommy John last year only made four starts. The last year he was healthy was 2016. He made 20 starts. He had a 6.15 ERA, a 4.87 FIP. So we don't really know exactly what we're getting from Shelby Miller this season, except we do know that the last time we saw him healthy, he was really terrible. He's pitching at Coors Field tomorrow. The Rockies are expensive, except they are the team that I expect to score the most runs on the slate, and I think that you could pair them with a couple of the cheaper pitching options. The issue is if you want to, if you're only playing one lineup or you want to go with the Rockies, then it's coming at the expense of Chris Sale. But you could go for kind of like mid-range guys like Velasquez and Maeda, or maybe like Velasquez and Weaver, and you'd be able to fit in a Rocky stack. So I think that they make some sense. Uh, Other team that I'm looking at on the high end is the Red Sox. They're at home. They're against Bartolo Colon. Colon has been giving up a ton of home runs this year, especially lately. The Red Sox are still really expensive, so I do prefer to go up to the Rockies. But I don't think the Rockies are an all-in type of play just because they haven't been great against right-hand pitching this year. So I think the Red Sox do make sense as another expensive option in terms of a cheap option at offense to get in some of the more expensive pitching i think the orioles make sense the orioles have not really hit well this year except they are in camden yards the weather's been hot the ball's been flying out which has produced more runs for them recently they do have home run upside in the lineup now that they have trumbo back and he's hitting better they've scope back he was injured at the at the start of the year 
So all that together, the offense is not quite as bad now as it was earlier in the year. They're going up against Sonny Gray, who there hasn't been really any pitchers that have been more difficult to figure out this year than Sonny Gray because he's had some great games this year and he's had some ridiculously poor performances. If you look at his last five starts, three of them have gone for negative fantasy points and the other two 17 and 21 fantasy points. So there is definite potential for Sonny Gray to just get totally destroyed. His last two starts, he's pitched four innings and given up 11 runs. And how many home runs in those starts? He's given up a home run in three consecutive outings. Put him in a pitcher in a really strong hitter's park, hot temperature. Overall, the numbers for Sonny Gray this year, not very good. 5.85 ERA, 4.55 FIP, 14.5% home run to fly ball rate. So really home run prone. There's a chance he's a good start because he's done that on occasion. I've been on the wrong end of Sonny Gray way more times this year than I've been on the right end. So I'm going to be on the Orioles side of the game, and I hope that that is the right side of Sonny Gray. Uh, and just the bad Sonny Gray starts have been so bad this year. So even though there is the, the course Field game, I think for the prices, the Orioles probably have more upside than any other offense on the slate. They're the one that I'm going to have the most exposure to than the Rockies second and the Red Sox third. So that is going to wrap up today's pod. You could follow me on Twitter at DFS, and I'll be back tomorrow to record a podcast for Thursday slate.